0: Hey, Welcome back. This is Eric McCoy, and I'm going to play DJ again today. I have a couple of more songs that I found on my recording device, and I wanted to share some of these again. And these are some Grateful Dead cover songs that we had done. This is myself, Jonathan, who I brought up before, and Sean Hall, who's my guitar teacher. And... The first song that I want to play is a song that is called To Lay Me Down. And the interesting thing about To Lay Me Down was this song was written also by Robert Hunter, who I'd brought up before. And he wrote three of what I think are some of the greatest Grateful Dead songs all in a single day in 1970. And he wrote Broke Down Palace, Ripple and To Lay Me Down. And all of these were written on the same day, which is a pretty talented ability, as far as I'm concerned. So Robert Hunter wrote in his forward to the complete annotated Grateful Dead lyrics, he wrote, and I wrote reams of bad songs, bitching about everything under the sun, which I kept to myself, cast not thy swines before pearls, and once in a while something would sort of pop out of nowhere. The sunny London afternoon I wrote Broke Down Palace to lay me down and Ripple, all keepers, was in no way typical, but it remains in my mind as the a personal quintessence of the union between writer and muse, a promising past and bright future prospects melding into one great glowing apocatastasis in South Kennington, writing words that seemed to flow like molten gold onto parchment paper. The guy definitely had an interesting vocabulary. I was reading this before, apocatastasis. And I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that right. And to lay me down conjures up a wondrous moment of being with a lover, with our heads in sparkling clover. That's in utter ecstasy. And then the next breath prepares me for the end of that ecstasy, to tell sweet lies one last time and say goodbye. So I wanted to share with you myself sean hall and jonathan performing to lay me down and i do want to say that the version that i'm going to play for you right now was after we had done this about five times and so my voice is a little bit tired at this point in time and i also want to say that jerry garcia's voice obviously made this song so i hope that Grateful Dead fans out there don't listen to this and think that I destroyed this. But as I'd mentioned before, I absolutely love singing and playing Grateful Dead songs. So here is to lay me down. as you can see, (laughs) we were trying to figure out that song in a lot of different manners. One of the issues that we had on that song was the timing. The Grateful Dead timing is a little bit off sometimes, and Sean was a tremendous help for us in a lot of ways. Yeah, I wanted to also let you know that epocatastasis, according to Wikipedia, is reconstitution, restitution, or restoration to the original or primordial condition. So Robert Hunter was basically saying that A promising past and bright future prospects melding into one great, glowing reconstitution, restitution, or restoration to the original or primordial condition. Interesting wording. All right, the next song that I want to play is my favorite song by Phil Lesh. Phil Lesh is the bass guitarist for the Grateful Dead, and this song is called "Box of Rain." Now, I've heard a lot of different stories in terms of where this song came from, and One of them being that the song was written for Phil Lesh's father, who was dying, and Lesh wanted to say this to his father before he died, and he wrote the music, recorded it, and gave the tape to Robert Hunter. Hunter listened to the music and wrote the lyrics after listening to the tape a few times. Another story that I'd heard was written by somebody who apparently had met Jerry Garcia, and he tells a different story and his story was that the band went on a camping trip one time and they were walking on the beach and they found a small wooden box that was abandoned when he opened it they found a lizard that was living inside it so they took it back on the bus with him and later that day while the box with the lizard in it was left on a table on the bus phil took a nap and apparently he had a very strange trippy dream that had to do with his father and when phil woke up The lizard was dead, but it was lying on his chest. And nobody really knows how it got out of the box, but after that, it rained nonstop for six days. So whatever the meaning behind this, um, apparently it did have to do with his father. And like I said, this is one of my favorite Grateful Dead songs that was written by Phil Lesh and sung by Phil Lesh. And so here is our version of A Box of Rain. of rain. Now I want to mention really quick if you hear any of that loud twanging sound, that is Jonathan. Jonathan has a tendency of playing very hard on the guitar and he always seems to catch the high string gets caught on one of the frets. The last song I want to play on this podcast is a song that is called Estimated Profit. This is a song Jonathan and I used to enjoy playing a lot and the lyrics behind this song have a real biblical imagery for it. Um, You've got a statement of the sea parting before the singer, fire wheels burning in the air. And I'm not necessarily saying that this song was written with a biblical concept, especially being with the Grateful Dead. The song was written by John Barlow and the music by Bob Weir. And Weir actually discusses it in a biography. And according to Weir, he and Barlow wrote the song but from the perspective of a crazy messianic zealot a type of which one invariably encounters in deadhead crowds now and again (laughs) and as weir explains the basis of it is this guy i see nearly every backstage door there's always some guy who's taken a lot of dope and he's really bug-eyed and he's having some kind of vision he's got a rave he's got to deliver so here is estimated (music) profit and sacred texts are public. Faith is personal. Musical groups and their songs are public. The inspirations and the interpretations of those songs are very personal, and I talked about that in one of my podcasts. When we examine the Grateful Dead's use of biblical references in their songs, we got to keep this in mind. Music is art, and in rhythm, and Bobby Weir says this, that it's music and poetry and it's art, and it can do what art can do. So art can do for the observer what the observer allows it to do. And it can inspire. It can teach. It can improve the quality of life through beauty, mystery, and reflection. Art can also offend. It can humiliate. And it's often unconcerned with its effects upon the ego of the observer. So art can give us a very subjective view of the world around us or a particular aspect of the world. It can also give us a very objective view of the same. So art is subjective To our interpretation because we're not always privy to the artist's intention and are free to assign our own meaning. And again, I had talked about that before. We are, however, also subject to art because we are experiencing something beyond ourselves that did not originate within ourselves and which speaks to us in its own voice, which is a more objective voice. So the artist is aware of both of these phenomenon and often uses the awareness to further his or her expression and likewise the observer's response. The writers of great poetry and literature do not ignore the sordid side of life and offer only beauty. So the authors of great religious texts do not leave out concepts of personal and social sin in their attempts to create communities of coherence and hope. Now we find great lyricists and musicians expressing this same balance of Reality. So an interesting factor of the Grateful Dead's art form is the involvement of the audience in creating the art. One can hear songs expressing a party attitude toward life, so you got one more Saturday night, as well as a more grim expression of harsh realities, such as Warf Rat. Also, the mood of the audience can affect the art form. In their live performances, the audience, the observers, of the art form, is also the participant. So there's a back and forth between the band and the audience in this expression of life. The music is not scripted. It's not static. It can change according to the musician's whim and will, and this yields a unique opportunity for the musicians and the audience to express the transcendent art. If anybody's been to the Grateful Dead concerts, we can kind of understand that concept of how Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead did a lot of Improvisational music And a lot of it played from The musician's Feelings and what was going on, and their interest in the audience's reactions to the music. And many times I'd see Jerry Garcia that would go off on these crazy tangents musically, sometimes lose the band, but they would always come back together at some point in time, and that was one of the most amazing things about The Grateful Dead, and watching them live. And I always found the biblical symbolism of The Grateful Dead very interesting, because a lot of their songs had that. And Jerry Garcia always said that the Bible was the best book ever written and one of the most inspirational books ever written. And so we do see that in a lot of their songs. So I just wanted to point that out and mention that after, especially after the song Estimated Profit. And I want to thank everybody for listening. I know I've kind of gone off on a tangent on this music as I've had a lot of fun with this and I probably will do a little bit more, who knows. But I will also get back to more inspirational discussions uh, about recovery and happiness and enjoyment in life that we can find and that highness that we can experience in being clean and sober. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this and I look forward to future podcasts and I will talk to everybody soon. Thank you.